Well, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Witness Radio, the only show that doesn't care about ratings because our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Today is a very special episode. Not just because it's episode 43, who's counting anyway, but I have two that's right, not just one, but two very special guests. I have on the right side, uh, Ricky Gantz, uh, host of G220 Radio, founder of G220 Ministries. Ricky, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. And on my left side, I have uh, someone that I can't believe I'm actually having him on the show again the the ratings were just horrible uh, last time. They're going to be even worse this time. And you all know that I'm totally joking because I don't pay attention to the ratings. Andrew Rappaport from Striving for Eternity Ministries. Andrew, thank you for so much for being on the show. And I was going to say you don't care about ratings. You stole it. <laughs> thank you for having me. <clears throat> okay, guys. So I'm so glad that both of you uh, could clear your busy schedules to be on the show with me today because it's a very important topic, a very special topic, and all three of us have had our own dealings in this area. Unfortunately, I don't have any dealings in this area on YouTube, but you both do. The topic for today's show is demonic possession and how to deal with it when we're out witnessing. Okay, guys, so describe for me your your videos that are on YouTube. There's not much usable audio that I could use for the radio show, so go to YouTube, go to these guys' websites, and watch these videos. Uh, Ricky, why don't you go first? Okay, and you can you could find this, uh, I believe it's at Ricky Gantz on YouTube, if you just look up that name. I think that's what it's under. Uh, but basically what happened is we were out there preaching at Public Square in downtown Cleveland, and um, my friend Austin, who's only been out there with me for a couple months, uh, he was getting up to preach. And we don't normally record everything when we're out there preaching, but for some reason I just said, hey, I asked him, I said, I'm going to go and record this so that he could have something to go back and look at and to, so that we can kind of keep each other accountable and also accountable to our pastors. And so um, I decided I was going to go film it. And when I went over to start filming, Austin just opened up the Bible and just started reading. And right away, while he was just starting to say his name and get ready to read uh, from Scripture, some people came up and just started heckling right away. And uh, basically this man who uh, showed this, this type of behavior that was just erratic, um, he was calm and then he was just going crazy, and then he was calm and going crazy, uh, and a lot of hatred towards Jesus. And yeah, you definitely really have to see the video to understand, and uh, there is a warning. There, there is uh, foul language in the video, um, so I want to give that warning out there. But um, yeah, you, you have to really see it to understand what is going on uh, with this man. Alrighty, Andrew, go ahead. Uh, and our YouTube channels is Striving for Eternity, na named from the ministry. The video specifically is called uh, Open Air Preaching with a Demon-Possessed Heckler. Um, so that in that, I mean, that was about three and a half hours of open air preaching in a regular fishing hole in Union Square, New York. Uh, we were preaching, well, I was preaching uh, because we didn't have any other preachers that day. But uh, we were out. Will is the individual who came up. Will, and keep in mind that at the time, uh, 
I didn't think anything unusual about Will really until after when, when you don't see on the tape. is we, I spoke to Will for about another hour after, and that's where Will said that, told me that he had five spirits dwelling within him, uh, controlling him and guiding him through life. And so you'll see some of the things in that video that Will does. I don't put videos up of me you know, doing any open-air evangelism unless I find it useful in some way. And there were some things in that video I thought were helpful for other open-air preachers. I know the atheists have put that video on their blogs regularly. That's what accounts for the, I don't know, 100,000 views or whatever it has. Um, but the reality you have from that is that we were trying to teach people some some tactics of when you're open-air preaching like that and you have someone come up, what kind of things you could do. Uh, and we, we tried to just focus on three th three training things in that. And that's really was the purpose of the video, uh, is, is how to use a guy even like that to help build a crowd, the the use of humor, and, and, and using his name uh, that, that kept him calm at times. So, you know, you got to keep in mind that that's, it was three and a half hours, you're seeing ten minutes. Uh, and and I did not really wasn't really convinced he was possessed by a demon until after when I talked to him more one on one. Uh, I thought it could have been some antics and things like that. Okay. So again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube, find these videos, and make sure you watch them. We will also post them on our Facebook page uh, shortly after the show has been aired. Let me just get your guys' thoughts on demons in general. What what are demons, and where did they come from? When Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him, and these were fallen angels, and uh, they are what we would consider today or call, classify as demons. Yeah, so these are not, demons are not uh, humans that became some spiritual force, but they are uh, angels, a form of angel that are, in a permanent unholy state. So unlike Christians, uh, or sorry, humans that have an ability throughout their life to repent and, and have an opportunity up until the day they die to become a Christian, to, to have that transformation, uh, angels who were in the presence of God had a one-time choice, and that choice is now permanent, just like it's permanent for us after we die. A lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but some people uh, in the reform circles, they, they don't even consider the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm. But the Bible tells us, the Bible warns us that we are not fighting just natural causes or anything. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in not just a physical fight, but we are in a spiritual fight. Should we be concerned about the demons? And, and I mean, how much power do they really have? Well, I, you know, people make a mistake in thinking a couple things that demons are, are something to play with. Um, demons are powerful. They are, as far as we understand, right, they have an ability to possess an unbeliever, to take control of their body, and do things with that. Now, the, the real thing is, is you know, it's not really clear in Scripture how much control the person has versus a demon, and can more than one demon possess a person? Yes. 
we we know that from scripture. The thing that when you talk about the way people view demons, uh, you know, you put a you know the video that you referred to that we have up on our, on our channel. The common thing that people say, "Oh, you're so stupid. You don't understand anything about mental illness." And and what's the assumption? The assumption is this is this is some mental illness that they have, and as if that is you know the explanation for what they're seeing in an individual that's possessed by a demon. Demons that seem to possess people can sometimes have a person seeming that they're very normal and then can be very erratic moments later, as you saw in the video that uh, Ricky Gans put up you know, when he, they were out open-air preaching. There was a time that person seemed very, very uh, normal and, and sane and nothing wrong, and then all of a sudden he just went nuts. It's a dangerous thing because you don't know what that person will do. And and that makes it scary. How strong are they? Well, we see in Scripture when, when Christ roamed around and was walking the earth that there was a boy who was able to break ropes and chains and things like that. They could not bind him. Mm-hmm. That says he was stronger than than most people. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. One of the things I think that tends to happen when it comes to spiritual warfare is there's either too much overemphasis or not enough. And um, we, we tend to, especially in our culture here in uh, the society in which we live, we don't look at the spiritual realm or we don't look at demonic things happening because it's not something that we see in our culture as much in our right, right before our eyes. Um, if you go to some of these third world countries, you know the Philippines, where I've I've been there three times, or um, to other countries that are third world, that are heavy Catholic populations, you see these types of manifestations happen, or they see these types of things, uh, and, th- and they would be uh, witnesses of that and have experiences in things like that. But but here in our society, we don't think about that. But again, we don't want to overemphasize too much of it, but then we also don't want to underemphasize it. We want to we want to see it where it is um, because it is a real it is a real issue. We, we see it in Scripture, like you said. We see the fact that um, demons can possess people. They can. Uh, influence the way somebody responds or reacts uh, in their in especially a non-believer, and so it, it is something that we do need to be aware of as as Christians. And, and you know, just to, to say that, I mean, I think Ricky, we may see it in our culture, but we a lot of times are going to write that off as mental illness or something, and and push it aside. And and those people. In America, that you know, like that, you know, what do we do? We, you, know, we give them mood-altering drugs to affect their physical body, and and we don't know how that affects someone that, you know, that might be possessed. But one thing you do see is Jesus did dealt with demons more on the outskirts of Jerusalem, areas that were not as civilized, and I think that in a in civilized areas, it seems that people don't give themselves over to the demon, the, 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 the demonic world, because they're too busy focused on, on their you know, materialism and, and the trappings of the world. And so demons don't need to worry, because they got, they got those people trapped in their worldliness. Mm. Yeah. 
That's a good point that you bring up there, Andrew. Well, because that was the last good point that you're going to get. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that's it. I hit my quota. <laughs> so you guys were talking about the worldliness, and can demons actually attach themselves to different things, worldly things, inanimate objects, and stuff like that? I'm not so sure if if they can, and and Andrew may correct me if I'm wrong or or if he knows, but I'm not so sure they can attach themselves to inanimate objects. I know that they can possess people. They can take possession of people. I think when we think of things like the Ouija board and and, um, other things that are used in the occult, I don't... I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. I don't. I don't necessarily think that um, they're attached to that. I think that the, the demons play off of it, though, and, and use those things to influence people. You know, um, and and that's that's my view on that. And again, I could be wrong. Andrew may know uh, well, more you, on that. Yeah, I mean, you bring up an interesting thing with the Ouija board because I, I, as you were saying it, I was going, I can't think of a single scripture verse that would lend any credence to a demon uh, possessing an inanimate object. But when you talk to Ouija board, that is something that uh, people give themselves over. But is the demon attached to the Ouija board, or is it just that you know demons see people playing with that, and, and so they use that? Can they move inanimate objects would, would be a different question. And, and so I would think they can. I mean, I have, I have two experiences with a Ouija board. Uh, one before I was a Christian, uh, played with it, and uh, my mother had passed away when I was young. And and one of the one of the two girls that were playing with it a lot uh, said they talked to my mother, um, and someone that knew my mother and knew her birth date and and just some general things about her. Um, and there were there was a, a, a you know whether you know the the. First, the only time I really played with a Ouija board, the person accused me of moving it, and because neither of us have ever had ever done it, I know I wasn't moving it. Um, so either she was moving it, or neither of us were moving it, and something else was. But I do know that in college, after I was a Christian, some folks, uh, someone said there was a, someone in one of the suites they were playing with a Ouija board, and so I grabbed my Bible real quick and ran over to the suite, and I figured I'd have some fun. Uh, the fun didn't last long because what ended up happening was when I entered that suite, the little device thing on the Ouija board literally flew off the board against a wall. And they put it back on the board, and the thing would not move. And the response of, of the folks that were there were like, they realized that, you know, in their conclusion, the thing wasn't working because I was a Christian. And they told me I had to leave. And I was like, so you'd rather me leave and welcome a demon into your sweet and and play with that rather than you know having me stay and protect you you know just because clearly their conclusion me being there was keeping the demon away uh i can't say that that's exactly what happened or not because when we're dealing with demonic stuff it's it's stuff we can't see and and so there, there you 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 there's some people like, like Ricky saying there's got to be this balance. You can't just go overboard and be like everything's a demon. I got the demon of alcohol. I got the demon of lying. I got you know mm-hmm. that's overboard and, and they see demons in everything. But we can't ignore it either. And so I, I, I'm tentative and I just say this is I know what actually happened. I can't tell you the why. Yeah, and another thing, the, go for it. Another thing I would I'd like to add to that too is with with demons is. There, the whole uh, Satan is the father of lies, 
And hmm. so the demonic spirits, these demonic um, fallen angels, are their purpose is to deceive. And so like with things like that, whether they attach themselves to the, the inanimate objects or, like again, like we were saying, they maybe just use that. Uh, again, it's to deceive people because what are they trying to communicate with the Ouija board? The fact that they can communicate with the dead. And if people can say that they can communicate with the dead, then it, it kind of discredits the word of God by saying once you die, you stand before God. There is no, there's no speaking to the dead. You know what I mean? So it's to deceive that. When we talk, think about ghosts and all these other things that are, uh, people say they have these experiences, I believe it's demonic that is trying to deceive people to discredit the word of God and say that this is not trustworthy because God's word says once you die, you're appointed to judgment and uh, you stand before the Lord, that's it. You know, uh, but this is trying to say that they're, you know, just to be deceiving, to deceive people to believe things other than what the word of God says. Well, now, and I, I, I hate to, the thought of even possibly disagreeing with my brother. But, <laughs> by God's providence, this is where my devotions were this morning. <laughs> so, in 1 Samuel 28, it talks about um, the, you know, Saul going to this, uh, you know, medium, right, the witch, mm -hmm. the witch uh, to see Samuel. And so this brings up an interesting dilemma when, we, when you bring up, you know, talking to the dead, because it seems that that actually was Samuel. Uh, now, we don't know how that happened, but uh, it seems at least there might be one case <laughs> where someone could talk to someone who is dead. But I'm going to still say that that was a supernatural thing. Yeah, definitely still a supernatural thing. You, know, you guys brought up another thing, the se the seances and, and invoking uh, of the dead. Now, w would you guys say that that is invoking uh, demonic activity or actually talking to dead people? I think it's demonic. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we should not play with Ouija boards. We should not do seances. Uh, because we are invoking demonic activity. Is there is there anything else that you guys can think of off the top of your head that Christians and non-Christians even should not be dealing with because they're invoking demonic activity? Well, on those same lines of, of with the Ouija board and trying to connect to the dead, you, you, you think about psychics and these mediums, and they're just about everywhere. You drive up and down the streets, you see... You know, there's signs for, you know, psychic readings uh, or terror cards, you know. So there, there's a lot of things that you can, like like Andrew was saying earlier, you can open yourself up to this demonic influence. And uh, again, as we were saying, whether or not the, the demons are possessing these inanimate objects or not, they can use those to influence or, you know, opening that influence to their demonic activity in, in a person's life. Andrew, do you have any follow-up thoughts? You know, there are ways that people, I think, open themselves up to this stuff through these things. You know, but one thing I want I'd say with this, when you, you know, Ricky brings up the, the palm readers and all these folks. There is a certain level where you got to keep in mind that demons are, are really good guessers. They've been watching humans for 6,000 years. Right. And... You know, people sit there and say, you know, how to, you know, this has got to be true because this, you know, this spirit knew so much about my past history. Well, do they really know so much about your past history or is it that they saw your past history? And so they're they're watching people and they're, they're 
probably communicating and, and sharing with one another the things that they're seeing to, so that they can communicate these things. So it gives the appearance that they're really knowledgeable. They know everything. In fact, they know all about your history and this and that. When And, and to an extent can predict the future, but that extent in which they predict the future is typically very general. It's not as specific as we see with prophecies in Scripture, and it's based on knowing humans. After 6,000 years of watching human history, you can, as a counselor with 20 to 25 years of experience, I've become kind of a really good guesser. I can kind of predict with certain people's personalities how they're going to take information in different ways, if I say it one way versus another way. And it's not that I am a prophet or anything like that. It's just when when your job is to observe human behavior and, and human beings and you see how they do things, you kind of learn over time. Demons have watched humans for 6,000 years, have plenty of experience, and we don't know what kind of effect the fall had on them. On us, it has an effect on our memory and things like that. Don't know what they can, how much memory they can retain and, and observe and learn and, and reuse. So we, we just got to keep in mind when you, when you get someone that goes to these tarot card readers and whatnot, demons are not all-knowing. And that's, maybe this, this may not have been a question you were going to ask, but you know people make a mistake of doing that with Satan. They, they treat Satan the way Satan wants to be treated, as if he's God. Mm. They, they treat him as if he's everywhere present, as if he's all-knowing and all-powerful. I like what Martin Luther said. Satan is God's devil. Satan can't do anything without God's permission. As much as he wants to be everywhere, he's not. As much as he'd like to read my mind, he can't. He's not God. And sometimes we as Christians even talk as if Satan is. That's a good reminder. I know that a lot of people do look at Satan as being able to have the same qualities as God, being able to hear their thoughts, being able to see all things, uh, but he's not. He is a created being that has fallen from heaven. Um, getting <clears throat> getting back on track to uh, demon possession, though, what are some signs that you guys have, have observed, uh, some signs that a person may be possessed by a demon? Uh, you know, the, I think the first real incident I had of a woman that I think was demon-possessed was we. I was in New York, uh, Union Square. I know that really surprises you, Ryan. I never go witnessing there. And... Um, um, I had a, what seemed like a really good conversation with this one woman, and if I remember correctly, her name I think was Wendy. She, uh, it, it seemed like a very good conversation. She seemed relatively intelligent, can communicate well, could comprehend things, and we the conversation was seemed okay. About twenty minutes later, after we're done with that conversation, I'm sitting on the steps. Uh, watching one of the guys open air preach, and all of a sudden, she's sitting next to me uh, on a step a little bit lower, and all of a sudden, she starts just stomping her feet on the ground, just like screaming at the ground. She was seeing something that was trying to attack her, and she, she it seemed like they were everywhere because she's just stomping her feet, and it, like everyone just kind of moved away from her. And then all of a sudden, she just takes her fist and just starts shaking it in the air. And she goes, I know this is you. You're doing this. You're, you're doing this to me. And she starts screaming, as she ends up saying, to God. And, and she ends up saying it's, you know, that it was because she hated God that he was sending whatever it was that she saw. But it was this really erratic behavior 
Um, the video that, that you refer to that we have on the website where it's open-air preaching with Dean Possessed Heckler, Will just, yeah, Will was just a, whether he was a playful guy, whether he was, you know, some will say on drugs or mentally, uh, mentally not stable, he seemed intelligent enough when I talked to him, uh, and, and keep in mind that that video is 10 minutes of what was three and a half hours of open-air preaching, followed by another hour of talking with Will and for after that. So I had a long time with Will. Uh, there were times where Will was very, very together and no signs of erratic behavior, and then rapidly there'd be a change. And that's what you saw in the video that Ricky had. So maybe I'll let Ricky talk about that with with his video. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I mean, I really can't say I've had a lot of experience with dealing with people who've been demonically possessed. Um, and again, if 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 they were in front of me, I didn't didn't recognize it. Uh, to be honest, the the video that happened, um, I wasn't even planning on on recording that day, but I just decided to go ahead and record. And then when that began to happen, I just let it go. But the thing was his erratic behavior, like Andrew was talking about. It was just an erratic behavior, and it was a, 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 just a, a straight hatred for God. I mean, we already know that uh, non-believers have a hatred for God. We know that the uh, the unregenerate just are, are born, and they're haters of God. Uh, but this was like it, it, it was something else. It was something different. It was it was it was the erratic behavior behind it, and it was more of a uh, let's try to pervert what he's saying and tell them the opposite, and wanted to make sure that everybody heard, you know, that they're not sinners, that they're beautiful people, <laughs> um, and not to call them sinners, to call them beautiful. And it, it just it was just like Andrew mentioned the word, just very erratic behavior. Um, and that's, that's pretty much he only wanted, there. He only wanted his people to be called beautiful. <laughs> yeah, his people. Um, and there's one point. There's one point, and I was I was going through, and I was trying to take uh, pictures, still pictures from the video. And there's one point where he looks back at the camera, and just his eyes. I mean, it just looked. It did not look like just another human being looking at you. It looked evil, you know, just the way that he was looking back. Uh, and it just, you know. And again, whether or not that was demonic possession or whether it was, you know, maybe he was on something, I don't know. But that was, it was truly erratic behavior. It just was an overemphasis on this hatred for God, his hatred for Jesus Christ specifically, um, speaking, you know, against Jesus. And um, that's that's pretty much what, what went well, down that day. And the one thing different with someone that's on something is when someone's on drugs, it's a consistent behavior. You don't get the erraticness. Yeah. I mean, I've been dealing with counseling people with drugs for for you know twenty years, and and it's it's usually a, a a progressively more and more erratic type behavior, but it's progressive, and and then it'll peak out and then start coming down. Would would you see in that video that Ricky has? It's it's these seemingly calm to really erratic. To calm, to really erratic, and and that's the thing. I mean, you, and I think that see, demons can't tell who's a Christian, who's not, until they kind of open their mouth, right? And mm -hmm. so I remember out in New York once, open air preaching with um, a friend of mine, uh, Ken Fleck, and we had this guy when, that walked up, and I was just talking to him, and then all of a sudden, 
as I'm trying to share the gospel with him, and, he, and all of a sudden he, he looks up at Ken, and here's what Ken's saying, and just starts screaming at Ken. And so now I'm trying to pull him away from Ken because you know Ken's focused on the preaching, and the guy just starts going completely crazy. And Ken gets down, and he gets right in Ken's face, and Ken just looks at him and says, Be cleansed. That's all he said. And the guy immediately stopped, looked at Ken and said, be cleansed. Right. Be cleansed. And he walked away like nothing ever happened. That's really interesting. That sounds kind of like uh, an experience that I had when doing a, a homeless shelter ministry. If you want to grow in your understanding of God's Word and learn to study the Bible for yourself, join Pastor Andrew Rappaport as he teaches each week from the Word of God. The teaching is free through the Internet, but paid students receive a syllabus for each course with extra study materials. The cost is only $50 per year with special pricing for church groups. And you get to choose from the School of Biblical Hermeneutics or the School of Systematic Theology. Sign up today for Striving for Eternity Academy. Details at strivingforeternity.org. Unfortunately, we ran out of time for this week, so tune in next week to hear the rest of this interview. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest, so what are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac Family.